Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Josh Brown, I've had five hours sleep. I still haven't finished Final Fantasy IV, but I did give it a good go. I can barely see you right now. You've got a sickness, man. Yep. Like, you need to get some sleep. You need to stop <laughs> playing all of these Final Fantasy games and trying to replay Final Fantasy XVI so you can get the oh. Platinum Trophy. What's that about? Listen, I'll tell you what it's about. It's about loving something and it and needing to express that love. I Platinum Final Fantasy VII. I didn't Platinum the Integrate thing because I'm not insane, but I want to Platinum Final Fantasy XVI. I want you to do one more run through it, but oh, I finished Final Fantasy VI. I've almost finished Final Fantasy IV. I saw the Final Fantasy Orchestra. What I else do you want from me? I appreciate it. I, you know, I'm the same. I love loving stuff, but you yeah. got to love yourself as well. <laughs> you got to make sure you look after yourself. After As someone who did 10 hours on Final Fantasy XVI yesterday, yeah. it feels like just... Dirt today. It feels like rubbish. And I didn't even go to bed that late. I just like, man, need to take some breaks. Need to get some water in you. Some games don't work for big shift stints. I remember doing this with Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain, pulling twelve-hour shifts to get through that thing, and I was loving every minute of it. And I love Final Fantasy Sixteen. I think a lot more than you. But I, it's one of those things where certain games, I don't know, there's something about the structures of them, the mission design, the mechanics, or whatever it is, and you're too aware of it. You're just doing the same thing too much. That's it. And you know what? We'll get into that. We will. in a bigger way later on, but before we jump into Final Fantasy 16 stuff, I just want to shout out people who listened to the last two wind-up yeah. podcasts where we broke down our top 10 games of all time, which ran like almost a collective three hours for two podcasts. Yes. Which, which is also one of our most successful episodes, if not the most successful episode. That's exactly what I was about to shout out. Hey, yeah, hey. I checked the analytics of it after it went up, obviously really recent, and it's our most successful um both of them are both our most successful episodes of the year so far. So thank you very much, Flying. everyone who listened to that and indulged our lengthy, lengthy yes. discussion on our, on our top tens. And also thank you to the people who got in touch and sent through your personal top tens. Yes. They were uh, a joy to read through as well. Just thank you generally for the response because those were uh, big recordings, like we said. And mm. it's, it's always nice when something that, because this, this is so rare, it's yes. always nice when a piece of content that you enjoy people enjoy as well, because that doesn't always happen. <laughs> no, and not related to that whatsoever, please keep an eye out for my future Final Fantasy 16 editorial, which we'll be putting together in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, genuinely massive thank you for that. I think that only encourages us to do more stupid over-the-top rankings of stuff. Maybe we rank all the consoles. Oh. Maybe every single console. I mean, number one's PlayStation 2. What so. I want to go back to, yeah. uh, I want to go back to um, when we did our Is X the Best Year in Gaming? I think we yeah. did maybe 2013, or we yep. both kind of came up with our... We did a best did we just do a rank? Did we just do a separate list? I think we we've done one po- one podcast where we looked back on 2013 
uh-huh. and decided if it was any good. And then we did another podcast. <laughs> Is it any good? Where, where we both um, brought forward our candidates for the best ever year. But mm. I kind of like the idea of just going back to years, looking at it in totality with all of this hindsight and asking, was it as good as we remember? Are there any hidden gems? Mm. Did we rate it accurately? Love that stuff. I also wonder about ranking stuff that no one else will ever do and ranking all the Devil May Cries. Because no one's yeah. going to, no one's, if, if not us, who? Listen. Who's going to do it? I mean, that would have been perfect when I went through all the Devil May Cry's yeah. a few years ago. Now they've all blurred into uh, one. Devil May Cry 2, obviously the best. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, put that number one. I mean, yeah. that's absolute insanity, but yeah. I can't, I'm in this room with you for a bit, so I can't no. leave just yet. No, yeah. Speaking of things that blur together, we should talk about Final Fantasy 16's lore, not something that I agree with, but I think that the wider framing of that game, once you get past the second time jump, the one that goes about five years in the future, uh, where you start leading the hideaway and start becoming uh, the new Sid, um, that's a whole thing that... The game for me opens up massively. We're not going to do big plot spoilers. We're not going to do big things overall. Um, but we are going to talk about Final Fantasy 16 in depth for now without yes. bigger spoilers. We'll do a spoiler cast in the future. Well, you've played how many hours? Like nearly 50, <laughs> right? Over 50 now. I, when I hit credits the first time, it was 47. Uh, that was doing everything. It was all side quests, all hunts, everything. The only stuff I hadn't done were the um, specific like combat trophies where it's like, keep someone in the air and do these three moves or whatever. Did all them. And then uh, I did all of the... Um, there was some uh, other combat trials I had to do that free up one of the items. You know, the Clive has that bedroom full of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like different items. There was one thing I was missing on there, and you get it from doing all six combat trials. So I did that, and then I've only got to do a Final Fantasy. Uh, it's called Final Fantasy Difficulty Playthrough, which is also New Game Plus, um, to, to, to 100% it. So I'm not quite there yet. Over I'm 50 30, hours, my friend. 38 hours in myself. I'm Down. in the back quarter of it. I've got a few main missions left to go, yes. a few side missions. I've been kind of mopping up all the side missions and all the hunts as I go. Mm-hmm. So every time I go mm-hmm. on a new mission, I'm always up to date with that. I feel like the end is in sight. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about it as a finished product, but I feel like I've seen enough of it now <laughs> to understand the loops, understand the structure, understand what I like and don't like about this game. And man, I've it's been a long time since I felt this conflicted. Yeah, you do feel conflicted. Had such complicated feelings about a video game because oh. so much of it I really like, uh-huh. so much of it kind of bores me to tears. Yep, and I thought it might. Yeah, and in coming at it as a non-Final Fantasy fan, we have pretty big differences, I think, on what we're getting out of the experience overall. Yeah, uh, yeah I want to break down the stuff that you don't like, and we'll do more of that in the spoiler things. Obviously, that'll become specific plot points and, and whatever, but I adore this game. Yes. This is, like, by far my game of the year. Nothing is even close to it. Like, it's one of those things where I love the combat mechanics. I love how much the different abilities they give you. I love how much you can build a really cool combat build that is so, like, experimental. I'm swapping out so many different abilities. I'm unlocking so many different things. I really love the combat. There was so many times where it started to click, and I do think it takes time to click. I do think it takes about 10 hours for it to click, to be honest, in terms of the uh, getting enough icons to swap between enough abilities and stuff. But I totally see why. I forget the uh, name of the dude. Uh, the DMC director they got in said it was his masterpiece. Um, the Devil May Cry director, because I, I just love the way this thing plays. I, like Even at hour 50, I can't get enough of it. I can't wait to do the New Game Plus thing. Man, the combat in this game is the thing that I have the biggest and most complicated relationship Mm. with because I agree with you in terms of the moment-to-moment combat and the amount of abilities that you have. Mm -hmm. You can make for some spectacular fights where you're chaining all of these abilities together. You know, you're knocking people into the air, you're bringing them back down, you're hitting off super moves, Mm. all of that great stuff. For me, it is, though, majorly let down by the enemy encounters Okay, because for as much variation as I can have 
in those combat encounters, I find myself just doing the same things over and mm. over again because the enemies I fight always attack in more or less the same way. Of course, true, true. some of the enemies have different, you know, well, all of them have different moves. All of them have different combos. Mm -hmm. But to me, at least so far, 38 hours in, they're all counted in the exact same way. And I'm flying through the exact same rhythms in each combat encounter to maximize my damage output yes. and get through it as quickly as possible. And that's such a shame because there's so much potential there. I just personally don't find that I'm encouraged to experiment with it. Um, in those combat scenarios. Oh, see, th uh, there's two things to this. One, I think that the hunts are where the uh, combat variety comes in from the enemy standpoint, like that giant dragon that you can find. Um, I think that fight's really cool if you've done that one. Well, this is it. Really cool fights, but I'm talking about the same way that I... I approach that dragon uh -huh. is the same way that I approach like just a regular gang of enemies. That's my issue. Like same tactics, more or less. But... It, but I don't know, that breaks me because I'm just like, well, all the different ways that it, it, it attacks you, there's so many different moves that you have to dodge in different ways, so many different like patterns that emerge on the floor or like beam attacks that you've got to dodge or whatever. Is that not differentiable enough? It, like it certainly made it a memorable fight. Mm. I'm just mean in terms of like, what am I popping off? Like I'm, the dodges are of course different. This mm. is what I was getting at, you know, when I was saying that all of the different enemies have different attack patterns and different combos. But ultimately I'm just dodging at different times to do the exact same attacks when I do get an opportunity to, to attack. Well, that's and that's kind of, kind of what I'm struggling with in a way. Like I haven't been presented with an enemy that, you know, requires me to really fight them in the air. You know what I mean? Or right, kind okay. of a shielded well, enemy that I need to get behind. The, there are some slight differentiables that you can get where, you know, a mage might give one of the enemies a shield, but they feel so few and far between that they are. everything they kind of feels the same, and that's... I definitely would push back it. overall. Uh, the thing is, like, in, like fly, I mean, there, are, there are flying enemies. I love, like, when you knock something in the sky, or you're fighting a dragon or whatever, or, like, you're fighting a boss, and they take off to the sky, and you phoenix dash up to them and, like, hang in the sky for a bit. Like, I like that. But um, they, they do a weird thing with the difficulty in this, where the Final Fantasy difficulty is where all that stuff comes into... It comes into it more, right. where enemies are on higher, dif uh, higher levels, and they have more support enemies, which is in itself more of, like, a Final Fantasy trope, hmm. like an old-school thing, a turn-based thing, where one of a party is healing everybody else you need to take that person out first and whatever and they try and give you a bit of that in the main campaign yeah but like the things that i was like getting at before in terms of loving the customization of it are from clive's side forward like from the player side outwards i love how varied that build is mm. so like when you're saying you're doing the same stuff over and over again i'm just like why aren't you buying or swapping your abilities out or like all that kind of stuff because my issue is like i was doing that obviously until i found a build but now i have no incentive to swap the abilities out i like it's purely for flair, you know what I mean? Because yeah. the uh, damage output, like I feel like I've maximized that, you know, every single right. time I, I can get a stagger quick, I do 70,000 damage, and then <laughs> I feel like they're dead, you know what I mean? So right. in my brain, I'm like, why would I squat out these abilities and try new things? Because you're clearly not enjoying it. They're well. not as powerful. No, I'm enjoying it enough. Mm. I'm not saying it's a bad combat system. Like I said, when I'm taking out a bunch of enemies at a time, mm. I'm just talking about the repetition of it. And I yeah. don't think the onus should be on me to kind of... Um, make these fights less impactful in terms of the damage output just because I kind of want that bit of variety. You have all of these um, abilities that you've uh -huh. given me, but give me reasons to use them. That's uh, Because true. now all the game is prioritizing in my mind is how can you get this big enemy's health bar down as fast as possible? And then I'm like, well, that's damage output. So I'm going to focus on how I can stagger as quickly as possible mm. and maximize my damage output. And I kind of feel like I've found that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, so this is the optimum way through fights. And there's a lot of fights in the game 
experiment now. <laughs> I, I just, I, my brain isn't, it's not compatible with my brain at the moment. No, I, I had the same uh, realization as you where I was like, oh, I can do a certain set of moves that I'll not spoil because some of them are spoiler-based or whatever. But like, yeah, a certain set of moves that combo very, very well together. And I know that that will absolutely decimate an enemy. But at the same time, a few fights in, I was like, well, I am just doing the same thing. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to reset the points and I'm going to like, because you can hold a button and just get all your points back. Yeah. And I'm going to make a new, I'm going to make a new build or whatever. And then I'm going to approach it differently. That was like a choice, but I'd love doing that. Oh, I, I, I'm sure you do. Don't doubt that you do. I'm but sure I, like, some like, will, you know? But I had the same thing as you where I was like, I don't want to just keep doing this over and over again. And I do agree the enemies in the in the initial run should do more to break you out yeah. of it because they do pause combat to be like, hey, this guy's going to heal people. This guy's going to cast protect or whatever. And they barely, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Even if they cast protect, you can just break through it anyway. Yeah. So it's one of, I definitely agree with that, that they could definitely do more with it. I just mean that like, I think they give you enough options to refund points and respec and everything that like, I had that as an underlying thing of just like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm going to take it on. I'm going to change some stuff up. My issue and the reason that I don't do that and I don't lower the damage output is because the pace of fights before I got to that kind of peak powers of mm. Clive, like that was the thing that was making me not want to play the most because the combat was fun. Mm. But I, I don't know about you. I guess you probably didn't, but I found the pacing of some of the fights like really sluggish. Like there were so many of just some regular enemies if I was fighting like a Wyvern or uh -huh. like a Drake who had, which I'd fought like 10, 15, 20, 30 <laughs> times before. Uh -huh. I would be getting in those fights and just thinking, I wish I could run away from this because it was so lengthy. You know, I'd have to stagger them two or three times to get their health down. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of why I didn't want to change my build up because I didn't want to go back to that. It's either right. kill them as quickly as possible with the most straightforward build or go back to that kind of battle of attrition that I wasn't enjoying because I felt like the fights were a little too long. That's my main issue Damn. with the combat. And it's such a shame when I'm, you know, there's some moments in the story where you're having these amazing icon fights and I'm just kind of looking at my, looking at my watch thinking, I've been doing this a while. You know what I mean? This that is actually, getting a bit that repetitive. That physically made me feel sick. That, really? That's, that actually physically made my stomach do a thing, probably because I've only had five hours sleep. But, um, oh my God, the fact that you aren't loving every second of that, I think is definitely like a big differentiator between me and you. Because yeah. I like, yeah, I mean, you can talk about like the, the pace of fights not being electric is something that I can't agree with at all. Because like, I mean, I'm Phoenix dashing between everything. I'm popping everything off. Like I'm putting a bunch of dudes in the air and catching them in midair. Like, don't yeah. misconstrue me. Like those group fights where you're fighting through a lot of fodder enemies uh -huh. really quickly, that's when it, it clicks for me. When uh -huh. I'm like feeling powerful, I'm taking guys out with like five or six hits. The pace of fights that I'm referring to is when you have those kind of Specifically the boss sub bosses right. and bosses where they, you know, they kind of jump into the fray and it might just be you one on one bouts for what feel like forever with mm. me. When, when we're in like the group fights and we're like almost doing Devil May Cry-esque, you know, zips across the battlefield and we're taking out those people, that's when it feels really mm. great. That's when it feels electric and dynamic. It's just the the length of and the pace of some of those one-on-one -on -one fights to me kind of brings everything crashing down. Oh. Only, only when I've fought them more than once. Right. And I think the game reuses enemies so much that mm. it became an issue when I'm fighting something for the first time. Of course, it feels cool to master their moves, you know, do exactly what you refer to to mm -hmm. previously figuring out when you can dodge figuring out when you can attack for the first time through amazing mm -hmm. when i fought that same person 12 times that's when i just think i want to maximize my damage to get through this as quickly as I possible felt, i never felt like i was fighting anything of those really big enemies because you get like a certain like big knights or like you fight behemoths or like whatever like you get maybe two or three of them or so. i didn't feel like i was they were like exhaustive kind of thing maybe just the way i'm playing but i've got mm. so much more of them like i said so many drakes so many of those big knights so many of the fallen echoes that yes. you fight or what's that kind of um animal that 
it's like lion-esque in nature, and it has the like chimera. These, the chimera, mm-hmm. like I fought loads of those, I fought loads of the panthers. And it's is that because you're exploring a lot though? Maybe, I mean, maybe. that's fine, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But like, I was exploring so much, and when this started being a problem, I started skipping those fights. Right. You know, what a method of transportation, let's say, <laughs> that allows you to just kind of blitz ba- past a lot of those. So I was definitely utilizing that mm. the more the game went on. But I find that I fought so many of these that when I do a side mission, mm. which obviously side missions are plentiful in this game, or even a main mission, and mm. throws one of those sub bosses in. It kind of I I breathe like a sigh of frustration because the combat's great, but like I said, I fought this guy twenty times and I'm doing the same thing to shorten that period. Of right. Time. It's like I want to clarify that when I'm referring to this, I'm not saying this makes the combat system bad. I can still have a lot of fun with it, mm. but over the course of nearly forty hours now, I don't. For me personally, it's not sustained that length. If it I was can, twelve hours, I'd be well in with you. Yeah, I can totally see, and I think a lot of games have this, where it's like the idea is okay, go build a combat build, go find the best way to get through these uh, fights and everything. Here's a bunch of different abilities that you can pick from, and then when you find that optimum build, it's then on the game to shake you out of that if if they want to, like yeah. whether that comes from like, enemy design or whatever it is, to sort of like make sure you don't that comfort zone doesn't become like lethargic or something and like it never did for me like I just I think I just enjoyed the whether it's the visuals the uh, the immediacy of the combat like so much and then if I got sick of seeing the same move or whatever I would just swap it out or I'd swap the icon altogether because I think a lot of the icon abilities do change how you play um, like not well yeah I think they do I mean the, the Titan one is entirely more defensive like stuff like um, you know Rama's whole thing where you can put like electric nodes on people or you can set off a defense buff or whatever it's it's nowhere near as in depth as other Final Fantasies but I definitely got enough out of it where I was like I'm the problem if I'm if I'm bored by this again the, my main issue with this right is that it was playing all the right notes mm. it was adding those icon abilities onto my previously established arsenal so it never felt like there was a trade-off if mm. I wanted to try something new until you get the fourth icon in the game and says you can only use three of these at a time you can right. only switch through three at a time and that's when all of that variety came crashing down because previously it was all additive it was like I've I've upgraded some of these abilities that mm. can maximize this damage output but then I'm getting new ones and I'm not losing anything because I can still switch to you know my uh, you know, my my Efrit icon mm-hmm. at, at a whim. When it came to the other ones, you got after that three limit. I just wished that the game allowed me to switch through more, maybe Ooh. four, maybe five, because there are ways to add powers from other icons to um, you know the ones that you already have. Yeah. Um, but you have to master those abilities, which take a lot of um, experience mm. points, and it just. That decision to cap it at three really did impact my progression throughout the game and my willingness to um, experiment because it would feel like I was almost starting again if I was trying something new out. I, uh, I, the only uh, ability that I think is too, ex- the only abilities that I think are too expensive to master are the top level, like cinematic ones, like the mm. the giant, like the tornado or the giant, like flame scorcher thing that um, Phoenix can do or whatever. Everything else I had unlocked, like had mastered. I, I don't think they're that high personally. Well, and, like I had them available to swap in. I also think in terms of like giving you three main icons and then like you'll have three sets of cooldowns to manage. Like that was more than enough to have to keep my eye on in the bottom right of the screen and, right. and queue up the next two moves and mentally be like, okay, this one's about to fill in the background, so I need to switch to that and then put that in there, and I, that was more than enough for me. See, I wanted a little bit more, right. and I suppose where we would differ in our play styles is you're focused on 
on you're focusing on everything but those big abilities with each, with each icon. My not necessarily, but I mean, the, the, well, I, I only like had you like said you just unlocked everything else. Smaller ones, the, yeah, the smaller ones. Uh-huh. Those are definitely affordable in terms but, of mastering stuff. Yeah, totally. But I'm focusing on those big abilities. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's those popping off those big abilities are like integral to my combat experience. Mm. And that's the kind of way I was playing. Oh, that, so that's this when it yeah. becomes uh, more expensive because like those are the big supers mm. that I'm building everything else around. So uh, there's a thing, thing with pressing. them, um, which is absolutely worth saying is that you almost have to, they give you such like what should be big cinematic flourish finishes, but you can just equip them all at once. And I think that that felt really weird to me. I was mm. like, I don't want to be locked into these animations over and over again. I don't want to pop these in a row. And so I just didn't, I was like, I refused to do that yeah but like if you're giving into that then it's gonna i mean i totally get that that makes the game boring there we go that's yeah. it i think we, I found, it, we found a nice little crossroads there because that's <laughs> the way i'm playing because that maximizes my damage output when i've got all of uh, those um upgraded like i pop all three off in a row mm-hmm. when one person's staggered or to get them staggered and it just like zips through these combat encounters and i'm like why would i ever it's like saying to goku in dragon ball z like why would you stop being like super saiyan 4 come down and do like the Kaioken or something. I can only say, and I obviously I obviously I believe this, that like if you are bored by those abilities, you have to self you have to change them yourself. Like mm-hmm. I did. I was just like, I, I don't want to see these same three animations over and over and over again. So like I j- I just had to change it out of it. Like I say, the the core of it the the abilities I have an issue with, obviously you've just talked about them yeah. at length, but the core of it is the pacing of the fights because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I could swap them out. But then that makes those fights to me a little bit more boring because I might vary what I'm doing, but if the fights are still lasting a long time, it's going to get to but a point still... where I just think, oh, how can I want this to... I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, the the, the, vari- the um, abilities that you'll... The different abilities that you combo together do result in bigger, like, damage outputs. Like, especially when you combine them with, like, certain things that you're equipping. Like, yeah. maybe, like, gouge will have, like, 10% more damage or something. So it's like, well, I'm going to have that on, but I'm not going to do that until I've done, like, pile drive because that's the electric thing or whatever. So it's like, there's uh, for me, comboing that stuff together did, in, did result in a greater overall damage output than just having one of the cinematic finishes, which yeah. kind of made me think, like, oh, you're not supposed to have all of these equipped anyway. Right. Right. Like you're supposed to like build up to have like set the tornado off and then jump up and do everything in the middle of there with your other abilities or whatever. But like, yeah, I mean, that's like the, I remember thinking that at the very, like nearer the beginning, at uh, the beginning when you get like the fourth icon or like when, even when you got the third one and you have, you now have three cinematic cutscenes to trigger essentially where I was just like, well, this is kind of boring. Mm. So like, I don't want to just do that. But then I, I would like, I guess argue, and I haven't really gone back and done the specific number crunching that I did get better damage builds by comboing more stuff. Right. At least that's how it felt. That's it. I suppose we would never know because I suppose if you didn't necessarily pop all of those off like within the fully upgraded forms, perhaps. I don't Mm. know. Like, I I guess it's, I'm sure we both got massive damage outputs, I suppose. I think either way, like... It seems so optimum, especially because I'm wearing like um, items or Clive that mm. really reduced those cooldowns massively. Right. Like it's shaving 12 seconds off. So I'm popping those off just, multiple times a fight and it yeah. just it just rinses their health bars, man. And it, that's cool for me because it means I'm getting through the game really quick now. But um, in terms of that variety in combat, my issue is that kind of the pacing of the fights because that is preferable. That sort of rote, I'll do the same thing every fight to me is preferable to I'm fighting this guy for the 12th time and I'm going to have to 
extend the fight with a bunch of different combos. Uh, oh, it's, it's just, I, I can't even, <laughs> I can't, because you're choosing to play it in a way that you're not enjoying as much as you could. But like I say, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, because which I is the game's fault, like, I, obviously. Yeah, I wouldn't enjoy it the other way around because of what I just mentioned there about, like, the slower pacing of the fight <laughs> no, but and I'm the drag down that, nature of it. Yeah, I'm saying that you could find better damage output if you find other <laughs> ways of comboing stuff together. I guess we'll never know because I wasn't obviously using this until a certain part of the game. You know, I spent 25 hours playing this, the way that you described uh, and I felt like those fights were taking a long time and I was doing a lot of damage mm. but nowhere near the amount of damage that I was doing now and certainly nowhere near the amount of stagger that I'm doing. I now. hope like some super fan does crunch those numbers because Probably, yeah. it is, I mean, I, like I said, I agree regardless that it is the game's fault that we have to have this kind of conversation on it because it should be way more straightforward as to the, the way that, um, like without having those sort of pitfalls where it's like just trigger the, the three cutscene finishes and you know, you'll burn through the fights. Um, but yeah, I would hope that like it's like I said, someone crunches the numbers and kind of realizes that you are better off making a build. But then mm. it's also the game's fault for giving you those finishes in quick succession. And don't get me wrong, I'm I've still got a build. Don't mm. like misconstrue with me and think that I'm like <laughs> popping those three finishes and that's it done. I still need to manage other things. You yeah. know what I mean, I've still got other um, abilities that I'm using. You know, I've got that wind up move, which mm. absolutely just knocks the block off any enemy <laughs> when they're staggered. So it's like, I am popping off other stuff. It's not just the three finishes done, three mm. finishes done. Um, it's just like, that's the way I found to man maximize the output. Yeah, because yeah. I think even if it's not true, the perceived damage that you're doing to me like I said, just feels lacking otherwise. And it feels like the fights are going on a little bit too long in what's already a really lengthy game that reuses a lot of combat um, encounters and a lot of enemies, Ooh, I find. I, I, I uh, a lot of combat. I didn't expect this, to be fair. No, I, I mean, I I don't know. I can only say I didn't really feel that it did. Like, I mean, I like you definitely fight a, a two to me two or three chimeras because it's like there there are a lot. There's a there's a, I think there's two chimeras on the hunting board. There's a one whatever. Like there's some specific story encounters like that. But I other than noticing like you said some of the fallen enemies where it was like the one with the two blades. Like I'm fighting that a few times. There's a couple of behemoths um, and like the chimeras. I don't know. Either I didn't mind because. Like I said, it's not a JRPG. There's a lot of repeat enemies anyway. It was Final Fantasy specifically. There's a lot of repeat enemies anyway. Um, or I just didn't notice it. Yeah. But I, like, and even then, I, I guess I enjoyed fighting them so much anyway that yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. cool. But um, but it is true that like regardless of anything, the fact that it has such a weird balance of like flair and it wants you to feel good, but they're almost prioritizing like, look how this incredible graphics, look at this move that you're doing. Um, but then they kind of just go like, you can just do that over and over again if you want. It's kind of on the player to self-mediate their own output, yeah. which I did, but I absolutely can see that it should be the game making you do that. Yeah. Especially when they sow the seeds of that by saying like, well, some enemies are going to put this status effect on and you might have to think, oh, well, next time I'll not go into that fight with this ability or whatever, which is what all the old Final Fantasies did. Mm. And so like, which is one of the biggest reasons that a lot of people, hardcore Final Fantasy fans, whatever, or people who aren't a fan of it, um, use that as one of the reasons of saying like, oh, it's, you know, the combat could be so much better. Yeah, that's it. You know, I just wish I had more to think about in the moment to moment gameplay mm. that was beyond which... Um, abilities am I going to pop off when? You know, I wish I had to think right, about the okay. enemies a bit more. I mm. wish I had to consider status effects and kind of try to counter those mm. in some ways. I wish I kind of had to consider my build before I went into a fight, I think is what I'm You're trying to get at. describing traditional Final Fantasy. Well, there you go. You yeah. might love it. Well, I won't because it's turn He's never going to play but, it. But you know, it, if it, it had that kind of traditional... Well, it's why I love or really enjoyed the Final Fantasy VII remake because yes. there was so much more to consider, but it had that immediacy of an action game. Yeah, I also think like the way that they sort of like let you hold the square or triangle you can do those charge moves as well and like the parries and stuff and um, to me there was always although it is like a basic set of abilities there was like enough there 
Mm. Like when I'm, I'm always like, if I'm holding square, I'm then trying to like roll my thumb to like pepper with triangle, and then I let off square for the charged attack, or I'm doing a, I'm charging a, a move whilst something else is playing out. Like it all kind of. To me, it all kind of like goes together, and I'm parrying. Even if you equip the Berserker ring, you do a different type of dodge as well. Oh, nice. So it was like, um, I forget where you get the Berserker ring from, but like, um, yeah, if you have that um, equipped when you do a precision dodge, Clive kind of like slides along the floor instead, and then you can come back in and do like a limited version of your um, limit break. Ah, and it's cool. like, we should talk about the limit breaks because it, them just saying like, hey, it's just a damage buff is kind of lame. What is it usually? When you click both the sticks in. Yeah, what is it a limit break? Well, so though. let me break seconds in Final Fantasy history. I just sort of they're just always per character. Like oh. it was like if uh, I don't even know, like different characters over the years have had different. Like some of them do wrestling moves. Some of them have like specific melee finishes. Some of them have like a mass heal. Some of them, whatever. Like it, uh, you know, maybe they cast all sorts of different protective spells all at once. Oh, okay. um, it's uh, they're always per character. And then the idea that like Clive's is, I mean, you get it in the story scene where it's like accept the truth kind of thing. Um, but I I put that on. I do a whole bunch of fancy moves and everything. But it is just a damage boost. Like yeah, it yeah. could be so much more than. That. It, it, I mean, it, it worked for me enough because I wasn't expecting anything else. Like, mm. how many games have we played God of War? You know, when yeah. L three and R three is just the the rage mode for like a better term. Maybe. I mean, mm. I mean, it's such an action game staple, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you get it in a Devil May Cry. You get it in like a bunch of those mm-hmm. spectacle fighters where you just kind of go into this mode where you can do extra damage, take fewer hits. <laughs> so it was kind of what I was expecting. And without that Final Fantasy knowledge, really, or expectation of what a limit break is, mm. I kind of... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. 
And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. If it worked, I was, ex- good. I was expecting it to come, right. and then it arrived, and it didn't neither surprise me nor, nor disappointed me. I it would have been cool if, like, the limit break gave you like a whole extra bunch of abilities, like your the, the things that you're kind of like wanting a little bit more yeah. of. Like maybe you can dart around the the field more. You can do more aerial combos. You can throw a dude into another dude, or whatever it is. Like something like that that would have made you like cherish that. Because I always find that I queue up a whole bunch of different abilities. I try and combo them all together, and then I sort of put the limit break on top. It's like the icing on top. I'm like, well, I right. want to make sure that everything is that about to pop off, it does so with as much damage as possible. That's it. I mean, oh my, man, for me, I, I feel like a broken record on this podcast. For me, it's just about maximizing that damage output. Uh-huh. So my approach to every fight is stagger the beast, put my limit break on, <laughs> attack, use all of the um, things that I have at my disposal, all the abilities, and just maximize that one stagger and yeah. try to get all the health bar out in Which is what they want goal. you to do. Yeah, that's yeah. it, right? And I feel like that's that's worked for me, but it means that's really the only way I use it mm-hmm. unless I'm in like a group environment and I kind of want to take them out a little bit quicker than I right. slap the limit break, break on, jump from enemy to enemy and take them out that way, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, we'll, we'll revisit combat stuff uh, when we do the full spoiler cast and things because then we can talk about the abilities specifically because I think for me, like it was the specific icon abilities that like I think added quite a lot to it. It's weird as well because I kind of wish the game pushed you more towards the combat trial because they are icon specific so you have yeah. to you do have to think about like what an entire icon builds like how that does change how you approach stuff um, I think that's just it's more the, some of the end game stuff that you get that like does kind of whatever like change the way you approach stuff even though the titan one's pretty effective too um, we should talk about like what this feels like to be your like I don't know first mainline Final Fantasy or whatever like, as a new story kind of thing I know you were new to 7 Remake but how are you finding it overall it's pretty good story things I'm, 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 it's, this game is going to be on my game of the year list right uh-huh. I don't know where it's going to be on my game of the year list but it's going to be in there mm. my issue with the entire thing is that everything it does it does well it just reminds me of games that have done these things better. Like ah. combat, it, it works, it is enjoyable at times, but I'm kind of wishing I was playing a Devil May Cry or a Ninja right. Gaiden uh, 2, you ah. know? And it's kind of the same with the story. Like, I'm enjoying it, but like the rest of it, I just don't have that hook of I need to see what comes next. I really enjoy all the characters, and I'm going to be very positive about those. You can be as honest um, as you need to be. I'm definitely in the fanboy, oh my god, I love it, I love every second of it, oh my god, state. Yeah. I wish I was there. It, it's <laughs> just... It's, it's, it's a very good 8 out of 10 story and setting. I mm. think it just... It started off so well, you know, with the stuff at Phoenix Gate, mm-hmm. I thought was incredible. And it's reached high highs in terms of spectacle and action set pieces that have been very enjoyable to watch. Oh but my God. I've never felt as invested in the story as I was in those opening hours. And I kind of feel like a lot of the really interesting themes it brings to the forefront. Where I'm at now, it's kind of forgotten those and put them on the back burner a little bit and isn't necessarily, we have to save this for the spoiler podcast, but isn't necessarily interrogating the stuff I found interesting um, previously or kind of going in depth in the same way that it did because like the start of this game, like I said, got me in so much and now it's kind of become not one-dimensional, but more one-dimensional version of what was there. Oh, I can't. 
to begin with. I can't <laughs> wait until we can talk about this properly because I, I just, I absolutely massively disagree. Amazing. And, uh, oh my God, I can't wait for that conversation. But um, yeah, I mean, I think like the way that they sort of start things out, well, I'm not, it's not spoilers for the whole game. We'll just talk about what's in the demo um, at the very least. I think anyone hey, listening to this is playing it anyway. You've already talked about the Sid stuff, so <laughs> that's kind I of I just spoiled. said that you'd like become Sid. I <laughs> Whatever happens with that. But um, yeah, I think in regards to like the way that they set stuff up, it's almost like this mystery narrative. You sort of have this thing of like, what what's happening? Why is Ifrit and Phoenix fighting each other? Um, what's Clive's role in that thing? Who's the hooded dude? Who's the man made of fire? What's all that stuff? Um, and they shift gears pretty notably after that second time jump, which that was the bit where from then on in, where I think I said it before on a podcast, maybe I didn't, I was massively in from then. That was when I was like, I absolutely adore and love and cherish this and I, I need to see every inch of it. Yeah. And um, and it was the whole embodying the leader thing and uh, and looking after the hideaway and looking after the people and like what's next and, and where are we in this world and all that kind of stuff. And um, that's the stuff that I, like, I just massively fell in love with. So it's a weird thing because... I do think it's intentional how much they take their foot off the mystery narrative stuff. It's still there. It's still kind of in the, the it's still the backbone of the, like the game kind of thing. Um, but it's doing so much more like uh, through its side quests and through all, everyone that you talk to and all their backstories and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, like I was like, oh, you're playing a completely different hand than I thought you were. And like, and I, I grew to absolutely adore that. And I think that's what makes it the five star thing. But like, it's, you do have to go looking for it, but I do think that's the point. That stuff, when I have found it, it's been good. Like I mm. say, everything in this game is good. I just want it. I want that extra level of <laughs> that surprised me. That's hit me on an emotional level that mm. I just sadly haven't quite had. But if I can talk about something I really do like, yes. and that is the world itself mm. and the adventure feeling of traveling through all of these different towns, being on this big um, journey throughout mm. this entire world. And that, I think they absolutely nailed. Every vista you come across is better than the last. There's so much lore surrounding that that you can lose yourself in. So mm. many interesting characters that pop up and remain memorable, even if they don't have that much impact on the overall story. Mm. That kind of... Um, focus on being a person in a you know land much bigger than you and trying to you know go from point to point and seeing what's behind the next mm. hill. I think that feeling is great mm -hmm. and it's even better considering it's not an open world game. There are open areas, but it's not like one big land you can explore freely. The way it ushers you through that world is uh is, is definitely been the highlight for me. I'll tell I think. you what's weird with that is that like when you're on the world map, you can choose to drop into any of those obelisks. But then when you look at the local map, it is all it is all of them connected. Yeah. Like it's just it almost is an open world game, but then it's not because it's so cor corridor based. But then they also have other bits where it's just massive huge expanses for the kind of just the sake of it. Totally. Kind of just areas to grind in. Um, they kind of feel, I mean, obviously, like the uh, leadership team is from Final Fantasy XIV. Like it, it is uh, Naku Yoshida. Like those areas feel like MMO areas. Yeah. Um, which is like where you can see all the enemies roaming around, which is what Final Fantasy XII started to do. And like it's it, that's kind of like a whole thing. God, the whole game feels like an MMO, Scott Telford. Ah. I don't know how you would, how if you agree with that or not, but from the side quests to the combat, the combat's obviously more involved, but you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. gives me an MMO vibe. The side quests especially give me. Yeah, uh, a giving MMO, and that is cool, uh, but there's something about this being Final Fantasy 16 where I personally expected a, a, a level of detail and mm -hmm. a level of variation that isn't um, necessarily there, but it doesn't detract from what you were mentioning earlier, that those side quests can be worthwhile from uh -huh. a story perspective. They continue um, subplots that you wouldn't otherwise get if you were just barreling through the main campaign mm -hmm. and make that world feel more lived in than it 
would otherwise, even though they pretty do they, they do a pretty good job of that in the main campaign anyway. Yeah, yeah no man, I the, the side quests are, are the thing in this game. Like it's the thing that I I'm writing up I've written and recorded a whole thing on why the game is genius. It is entirely because of the side quests. Interesting. Um that is Tell the, me more without spoiling the video, please. Because uh, I don't I'm know if I can. Oh, okay. You should be there. If you're not feeling it, then it's it's not working for you. But okay. the, the detractors of this game that are just like, oh I, I hate the side quests, they don't mean anything, you could not be more wrong. Right. Like it's you are completely missing the point. If like if you're like not you, but I mean, if anyone's just sort of not even bothering with them at all, yeah. not even trying to see what they're getting at and like how they change over time and how like the um, the characters that you encounter, how they change over time, like that's that's entirely the whole point of the entire game. Oh it's yeah, it's like yeah, like it's right there. I love that stuff. I just wish they were more involving from a gameplay perspective. Mm. I almost wish like sometimes they wouldn't have any gameplay at all because so many of them are like fight these five bandits again that I've fought. It's a so weird because times. and the stories are great, but what mm. you're doing. Sometimes feels like padding, other times feels authored and really well told. It's a really weird thing, and I can get into this more when we can fully get into it, but I love the juxtaposition, the fact that all they need is you to just take a minute out of your God-fighting day yes. to make sure they have a warm meal or to just make sure that they can actually like have a house or whatever it is. Because in that world, obviously, you have bearers, you have magic users who are hated and there's a whole sort of metaphor for like racial divides or otherings or whatever it is. And it's like, I love that they paint that world in so many different ways that says, like, oh, all the gods are war all these wider, massive environmental factors are going on, but this person just needs somewhere to stay. And can yeah. you just can you just take five minutes to just make sure they're okay? And like, and I think all that is the entire is the whole point of that entire game. And it's like that it comes through the most in the most mundane stuff. I also love that in theory, man. Like mm. I love what it's trying to do with those side quests. Like you said, you know, you, you are sit in this situation, and you're not only on this massive journey, but you've also got to put the work in at the ground mm. level. Make sure the people that you're saving have a life enjoyable enough to lead. Like that's yeah. great. I just wish the presentation was a little bit stronger because I don't think I can personally get away from the fact that so many of those missions are walk around this place, press X on one person, press X on the <laughs> other, and then Clive will hand them something off screen that you don't see, and mm. then that's kind of game over. If they were a little bit more involved or maybe had that bit of detail to Some it, that stuff I is like so, so much. Yeah, which is so funny because so much, I noticed that stuff, but it's just so baked into every JRPG. Yeah, like, I bet, um, yeah. As soon as JRPGs went 3D and started doing side quests, it is just, how do we get around having to animate this? Like the Yakuza games to this day, obviously Like a Dragon Now, will just fade to black and come back up again. Yeah. Like if they need to do anything other than just the characters talking to each other, um, if someone gets attacked, it'll just fade, fade to black, you'll hear like a punch noise and then someone will be holding their head. Like yeah. I, I've largely just completely accepted that, but that's a whole other thing about, um, I guess, the economics of animation. Do I really need to see that or whatever it is? That's interesting, man, because that's that kind of extra layer is is the only thing holding those back. Again, what a stress. Those missions are still good and still worth doing. Mm. I just think they would hit more for me if I had that little um, extra level to it. And if I wasn't kind of filling in the blanks, because, again, it almost feels like I'm playing an MMO in that regard, Mm. where I'm doing a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of imagining what's happening. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm really doing is pressing X on this person, X on this person, then it's quest over, and we get the cool text story. Yeah. That's about it. That's definitely true in terms of, like, the utility. Yeah, what you are doing as a player. Like, you're holding a button to interact. Maybe you do a combat encounter or something. Um, but I just think it's it's written so well. I think the script of this game is phenomenal. Oh, like nice. There are bits, I mean, you should have had quite a lot of it where it's pretty well written at this point. Like, you're pretty far through. This is it. 
pretty well written, I would uh, say. That would be my assessment of it without slagging <laughs> it off too much. Pretty well written, not amazingly written, I would okay. say. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's a, it's one of those things. We'll get back to it when we do like more uh, spoilery stuff. I don't think um, the main villain is especially well written, even though I like what they're getting at mm. um, with that thing. But um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where like the, the way that they paint their world and how much they commit to a certain message that like kind of like comes through as you get through it, um, I ended up just absolutely loving it. I was like, oh, it, it permeates everything and I absolutely love it. But um, but yeah, and what do you think of Clive as a, a character? I think he's good. He's a husky Again, man. like I'm going to use that phrase so much <laughs> in this podcast. I think he is good. Right. I don't think he is amazing. Right. I like his characterization. I like his voice acting. He's not a character I'm going to be thinking about in five years' time. You know right, what I mean? Okay. But I'm enjoying it for while I'm in this entire game. I'm enjoying while I'm in there. Mm. I'm just not thinking about it when... I'm not playing it. They do a certain, they, they try and walk such a line with him where you think about like, I guess you don't have the reference point for this, but you think about previous Final Fantasy protagonists. It's nearly always been a near mute protagonist. Um, actually, as I say that, I'm kind of just thinking more of how, who he reminds me of, which is Squall from Final Fantasy VIII. Okay. And he talked and stuff, but he was like a very like, I'm brooding and I've got the world on me. And, I, and it's, it's like that. I mean, Ben Starr's a phenomenal voice actor. Like they, when he's just talking, then he shifts into Clive mode. It's great. And I love his performance. I do really like Clive, but they try and walk a line between between like you're a video game character, you're a video game protagonist, you're walking this, they are walking this line between MMO and live action, uh, action game. Um, and then also we need to have all this emotional investment. And you get that in the opening, like you said, where it's at it's one of the strongest points where he's like freaking out over what's happening with Joshua. Yeah. And he's really, Brad and Star is like giving it all in the booth. So good. So yeah. Good. Like one of the best performances of the year or the generation. Um, and there are other moments like that too. But um, they almost, I think it's intentional have that trade off where like his his work becomes him and all he is is a, is a utility to do something else. Because they have, they have really big scenes about like, is he actually taking care of himself? I'm trying to phrase why I think what I think without spoiling things. Mm. And the general, I'll talk to you more about this when we go up there because I want to go into detail. Uh. Um, my main issue with these characters is that they all have an amazing starting point. They all mm. have that one bit of backstory that makes you want to know more. I've just found with all the characters, I've never gotten to know more. They are defined by like, a big event and they uh, have a very solid characterization but they exit the story Clive obviously doesn't Clive's throughout right. they exit the story or they exit um, their development in the arc at a certain point and that's kind of like all they are which is I'll give you that for Jill yeah that's yeah. definitely well I don't want to name a bunch of characters mm. but uh, there's like I got it the same feeling with um, Titan and Oh, per- really? Okay. Uh, I know that's the dominant Hugo, that's, um, Hugo Kupka. Yeah, he's mm. probably the best so far, but even then I kind of felt like there could have been more to do with that character that they haven't done so far. They, they I guess they, you'll see right. to some degree. They, like, yeah. they, same with like Clive's relatives, a few of which you see throughout the game, including his uh, mother. Mm-hmm. I thought like just as her story was getting interesting, they kind of just drop it. And, I, and there was a few times where it has done that, uh-huh. where... There's so much potential in the story and some of the other themes that we'll touch about in the spoiler podcast mm-hmm. where it's a great starting point. I was just always after more. I was always after like a twist or a turn oh, in their that. development and I never quite got it. In yeah. it. Especially with Jill, who, you know, you have an entire mission surrounding her backstory mm-hmm. and why she is the way she is right now. Mm-hmm. But then since then, I've kind of felt like We've not done much else with you, Jill. And the same with Clive. You know, Clive has that great first couple of hours before the time jump. And I felt like who he's been after the time jump has been way more consistent Mm. and has had way less development than he had 
in the first 10 hours or so, which is... Which I think is intentional. Okay. Because, because like, he's so lost, like, after everything, happen- everything that happens at the beginning, and then he's just put into, like, slavery servitude as one of the, um, whatever you call that, initial group of uh, military that he's part of. And then, obviously, like, Sid's influence is what shapes him because he needs that sort of guiding light because of what happens with his own dad. Yeah. Like, I would say, like, that's entirely intentional. You're meant to feel that changing gears when you have the five-year jump. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't, I don't disagree. Like I said, that development across the first 10... 10- 10-hour period mm. until that point is amazing. When you get that change, it makes sense because of what's happened before. I just feel like since then, mm. he hasn't had anywhere near that same propulsion. Maybe it's because he's defined as who he is. Yes. And maybe that that works for a lot of players, but considering I've spent 27 hours with him since then, and he hasn't changed much or well, they, he hasn't shown much of a development, that's, yeah. that's my issue with it, where I'm like, you've got all this great stuff, and it's really good. <laughs> Again, it's really good. It's just you have the potential to kick it into next ge- to next gear, and I don't know. I feel like they took they, the foot off the pedal with all of these arcs. No, it's, it's definitely the thing that I just said about him him becoming his own work, and they have a scene that directly addresses that, like to, to try and walk that line of almost being metatextual about it and just saying, like, hey, we recognize that we've made a video game character out of our human and then try and grunt. You, I think you've had that scene. You should have had. But we can talk about it more in the spoiler stuff. But it's like, yeah, I think they're trying to walk those lines. For me, they massively work, and I think it's great. But, like, um, it's not It's not going to work for everybody. Um, in general, though, like, I think that it's, it is... I, mean, I kind of love that it's massively divisive to a me degree too, because yeah. I think there's so much to talk about. Um, and because I had, I had all the words muted on Twitter for, like, the last sort of two weeks, it was funny coming back out of that because I had everything muted, every permutation, every character, everything... Um, so I didn't see anything on social media for the Final Fantasy 16 um, discourse to give it a word. Um, and it was funny unmuting all those words and being like, oh, people are massively divided on this thing. Right, and then like yeah. looking at like Japan's sales and how it's like a 90% drop off in the week after, but it's only uh, boxed sales. And it's like that whole thing. Uh, Square Enix still seem to be happy with its progress. And they're like notoriously hard to please with stuff. Um, and it's like the fans, like if you're, if you like it, you tend to absolutely effing love it. And so I'm seeing a lot more of that on social media, but then every now and then I'll see a post of someone just saying like, ah, but this didn't work. And this kind of drags it all down and whatever. And I think that, I think we'll end up landing on both those sides. And because where you are now, um, when I was there, I was wide eyed in love crying at how beautiful it was. Like I couldn't get enough of it at that point. Which is what I want. Don't get me Mm. wrong again. Like that's what I want want to be doing and I think the frustration comes from the fact that I'm so open to loving this game it's not usually something I would go for in terms of aesthetic or setting or Mm. narrative but I was so open to it and I wanted to love it so much and the (laughs) fact that it hasn't got that hook in I know I'm asking a lot I'm asking for something to be a five star experience or a four and a half Mm. star experience that really hooks into me but because of its compelling start and because of how much promise it showed I I am a little bit disappointed that I only mm. think it's good and don't think it's, you know, amazing. It hasn't converted me to a Final Fantasy lifer. You know what I mean? Not and a lifer. I remember you saying the other week that you were more into Final Fantasy now than you have been before. So absolutely. I guess it's, it's done a, a bit in, in that direction. Not Sadly, not as much as Final Fantasy VII Remake did. Mm. This is making me weirdly more excited for that game. It's just, it's a funny one, man. I'm so excited to see, look into the reviews and stuff once I've finished um the game myself because mm-hmm. it does so much right it does so 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 much right and um, including the icon battles which are yes. amazing and huge and so well 
presented visually, but I feel like every time I start to love it, it'll throw something up and make me think, oh, <laughs> I wish I was playing this. I wish I was playing that instead. Right, uh, yeah, whereas like, yeah, the icon battles are the kind of things that, um, I mean, the there's a specific Outer Worldly clip that's being shown quite a lot at the minute in terms of just a, a bit where they, they absolutely go for it in such a ridiculous degree. Um, and there's a lot of Dragon Ball Z and full-on anime over-the-top shenanigans going on, which like, Final, the last time Final Fantasy did that was probably in the animated movie Advent Children. Yeah. And people were like, okay, I don't know. Like, you're doing it with the Final Fantasy VII cast, so we'll be okay. But, like, it's kind of crazy. And then now they're just like, hey, what if you just uh, did this crazy stuff? And it's just <laughs> like, I can, there was, it happens earlier on. The first time it gets really stupidly over the top, it does involve Titan. Um, and it's like, there's like a rap song comes on underneath and it's like really over the top and everything. Um, and I was like, man, this, I can feel, as I'm playing, I can feel this dividing people. You can, right, you can feel right. the people who would peel away from that being like, it's too much. It's That's, like, I can't stand this. It has been beautiful playing it. it without that context because mm. I'm like, I have no frame of reference for that. And I'm like, it felt like a natural escalation of what they'd previously right. established. So I was like, well, I'm already all in. They didn't, I wouldn't have even registered that as something different. If right, I didn't okay. have you to soundboard off, you know what I mean? If I didn't have you to provide that context. It's definitely like at the very beginning when you have the, the Phoenix of Freed Fight at the very, very beginning, that is in itself a massive escalation. We've never seen two icons on screen at the same time, apart yeah. from like at the very end of Final Fantasy IX. And even then, the idea of like doing like a full playable battle is the first thing you do in the game. Like that is uh, Naku Yoshida and the rest of the team like like doing a proof of, um, like mission statement kind of thing. Like this is, we're going some direction with this yeah. um, to steer into that stuff. Um, anything else that comes to mind that you want to touch on? No, I feel like I've been really negative, but I want to say that honest. those icon battles are really amazing, and there are some um, visual set pieces that occur in the back half of the game that are spectacular, mm. and while I won't remember the characters necessarily, <laughs> I will remember the mo those moments yes. that they were involved in. I will remember those the man visuals. On a horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will... I will Remember where I was when I did some of these boss fights, which are absolutely amazing. It just, it's a game of two halves for me, which is a shame. But let's not end on my tepid, um, <laughs> what would I even describe it as? Tepid positivity. I want to know what you really loved about it, Scott, before Well, we I can't probably... go into the stuff that I ah. love the most because it revolves around where it goes. It revolves around what happens right. I mean, it just revolves around what the game means, but that comes from knowing the story and everything holistically. And um, that's the kind of thing that we'll get to in the spoiler cast. But yeah, I mean, I if I talk about where I was, like about halfway through where you are, or like three quarters of the way through, I was just loving the feeling of um, being Clive, being the next Sid, whatever, and just what that felt like. And then the, yeah. as it all kind of clicked in, when you meet Byron, like your uncle Byron, and he's just sort of like, fetch me my cutlass, and let's go on this grand adventure, and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yep, this is some old school Final Fantasy stuff. This is the traditional uh, grandiose kind of like almost um, balletic or operatic approach to, it's like it's like sta if a stage play was playable, it's like this big grand thing. Um, and I just love that there's a grandiosity to Final Fantasy that <gasps> nothing else nails. I don't want to, I don't want to, again, I've, I've just said I want to end on a positive. <laughs> I, I agree. The grandiosity. Me, who's Byron? <laughs> <laughs> the grandiosity is is unbelievable. The scale of this game is crazy. Those cutscenes are so well directed. Uh -huh. I would rather watch the movie of this game. You than should watch play this game. Children. I think. Yeah. My 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 core opinion of this game is just every kind of thing from the story to the combat to the world to the RPG mechanics. It's just like it doesn't have that extra level of detail that I, for whatever reason, mm. expected from a mainline Final Fantasy game. I expected, at least in one of those areas, for it to have the sense of, you know, 
mechanical innovation that I would expect out of a Naughty Dog game or a Rockstar game. Not across the board, of course, you know, okay. but in terms, in, in one aspect more than the rest. But I kind of feel like all of those pillars, just I've seen them done better elsewhere, and there isn't necessarily one for me where I go, that's the thing the game excels in. And oh, my. Yeah, the, it's one of those yeah. things where we'll just have to revisit it because I think like I think the combat model is phenomenal. I think the amount of world detail, the lore, the amount they commit to just giving you the full history of Valisthea, and like that only then reinforces everything you're doing and what that means and then how that plays into what happens towards the end of the game and whatever. So it's like I, I think all that stuff stands out. But like, but yeah, those are more spoilery discussions. I, yes. de- I definitely agree that there's, um, there's a lack of depth in regards, if you compare it to other the JRPGs or other RPGs in general um, when it comes to like, you know, like the items that you're equipping or when you're thinking about your build outside of your the abilities that you're equipping, there's really, it's very straightforward with that. It's like smith this sword because it says plus two and you have yeah. the ability. Like that stuff is very straightforward, which is weird because it's then intentional because they there's loads more items and crafting stuff um, and uh, things to unlock in the new game plus Final Fantasy. And it's literally called Final Fantasy mode. Yeah. Like they want you to go through this and have this more straightforward, just have fun with it approach to then open it all up. Like what Final Fantasy VII Remake's hard mode was, yes. where it was completely different in terms of how MP was handled and everything, I, which is fascinating because it's it's like, I definitely appreciate that, and I'm going to go through that more than once, but they're, they're gambling that people will want more, and they have, a I guess, a lack of trust in just leading with that Final Fantasy mode straight away, and I, I think that's interesting. I wish I had that. I wish I had that kind of level of complexity that I'm not mm. quite getting. I think And it's in the game, but they could have they could have led with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming, totally. anyway. I think everything they do, if it was bolted onto a true RPG, like Witcher style mm. RPG where your choices really matter and you have a lot of things to do in the open world and the side missions were a little bit more complex mm. in terms of what you're doing and the choices you can make with them. I think I'd have been way more fine with it. I think mm. it's because it's lacking that RPG depth that I'm scrutinizing those core pillars because, you know, I don't criticize The Witcher 3 for not having Devil May Cry style combat. You know what <laughs> I mean? I don't, I don't criticize it for not having Naughty Dog style animations, but it's because it has that RPG core to it yeah. that those other studios can't replicate that mm-hmm. I don't mind so much and don't scrutinize as much. Final Fantasy 16 doesn't have that for me, which is why I'm more scrutinous of it, I think. Which is funny because when I Witcher 3 is obviously a more in-depth RPG overall. Like you said, it's more about narrative, story choices, um, character writing, etc. But in terms of my Geralt build, I didn't care about that at all. No. Nope. Like, uh, whereas I, I care way more about my Clive build as a as a ro- as playing a role in combat um, than I did for Geralt. Other than unlocking the pirouette ability in Witcher 3, that was the only thing that changed combat for me. This is what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I agree. Like I said, like the combat in Final Fantasy 16, way better, mm. way better than the combat in The Witcher 3, but not good enough to make me think about what I am perhaps missing or what could have been. That's all I would would say about that because, yeah, obviously it's got a way better combat system. No, I think overall I kind of love that we embody what is emerging as the sort of two sides on Final Fantasy XVI. Like you either totally vibe with it and you absolutely love like all the various things that it's getting at and they work for you or it is like the the corners they cut to like highlight those things are just, it's too obvious. Like they they streamline it too much and like, and I, I absolutely see that. I just, think that the stuff that it does is so great but we can get into more of that when we do like spoiler stuff hell yeah um because this has been the wind up i didn't do an intro but i'll do an outro i've been scott tilford that's been josh brown always a pleasure scott tilford always a pleasure to be heard by all of you and we'll catch you throughout the week goodbye bye bye
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.